Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, the goofiest look at animals in the animal kingdom who are actually super dope animals that look like extinct prehistoric Muppets, to weird deer-rabbit hybrids, to the fish that actually do smile back. These animals may look like goofuses, but we love them. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, do you want a vacation on a pile of poop? Joining me today is comedian, goofy animal lover, also studied evolutionary biology, and the host of Jeff Has Cool Friends, Jeff May. Welcome! Hey, it's me. It's me. It's me. I'm the host of Jeff Has Cool Friends and 40 other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many of them. You're... I love I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk about goofy, goofy idiots. I love it so much. That I yes, I asked you to come on the show and I asked what you want to talk about. And you're like goofy, goofy guys, goofuses. I like a goofus. You like a goofus. I like a good goof. I like somebody that looks like he'd be like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, we've like got lots of those. That's the kind of animal that I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got lots of those. We, in fact, the first one, I think, looks more than anything like he would sound like that. Uh, so yeah. what's, what is your opinion of rhinos, Jeff? I like I, I I think they're pretty chill. I like that they they have real dinosaur energy, mm-hmm. even though they're not like, you know, they, they're like, uh, let's put a weapon on me. Yeah. 
I think that's really fun. A visible weapon on an animal, I think, is 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 really fun. When yeah. you think about rhinos and and you think about like or elephants with tusks or or a narwhal or something like that, when you're like, oh, they got like a they got like a shank on them. I always find that very fascinating that we just let like we just let, but like evolutionary biology leads to the coolest looking things. And like, why do they have that? And like, oh, there's a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I like it when it's just kind of stuck on too. Like it, and then we just put a a horn right here, just yeah. stick it on. Yeah, they're like little little tanks. They're like <laughs> little 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 living tanks. I think that's real fun. It's super fun, and I there are actually multiple species of rhinos. There are five species, and one of the much lesser known species is the Sumatran rhino, and this is a fascinating little rhino. They are found in the forests on the island of Sumatra although they once had a much wider range. And they are the smallest of the rhinos and are critically endangered due to overhunting, poaching, and illegal logging, the usual suspects. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there are under 100 Sumatran rhinos that still exist in the wild. So these are very rare, and we don't know as much about them as we should if they weren't so endangered, but what we do know about them is really interesting. Uh, despite being the smallest rhino, they're still pretty big. They're about 1,800 pounds or 800 kilograms and are a little oh. under five feet tall or one and a half meters. So that's nothing to sneeze at. No, but I would say I was a little bit bummed because I was like a tiny rhino. I just want to yeah. cradle it. A little papoose. And then you're like, it's about 1,000 pounds. And I'm like, ah, it would be harder to cradle it, but yeah. I'm still going to try. I mean, the fact it's like under five feet tall, though, and you could be like, hey, little buddy, you know? Yeah, real petting zoo energy out of an animal that size. Yeah, probably like not, but also I want it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. If it, <laughs> if it was if it was a dangerous animal, why would it look like I should be riding it right now? Right, exactly. Yes, yeah. that, that, is the, that is the correct way to view wildlife is if it looks like I should ride it, I should definitely get on it. Just make sure your life insurance is sort of squared away yeah. with that one. I mean, if you don't try, I don't know why you're even here. Like, <laughs> if you're not even making the attempt. That is that I, that is the uh, sort of decision making a lot of people have when it comes to like bison, where they're like, "You're just a big furry cow," and then suddenly you're like high fiving Abraham Lincoln in heaven. Yeah, bison are <laughs> really, bison remember what happened in the late 1800s. Yeah, they're not going to let that go. No, no. So Sumatran rhinos are also known as the hairy rhino because they are covered in a fine layer of reddish brown hair especially on its ears and on its tail. So they are, you know, shockingly furry. And I'm expected not to pet this baby? I mean, I feel like you you could try and then enjoy your last few moments on Earth. I really would. I really <laughs> would enjoy those moments. Like if that that's there's no better way to go out. Right. Yeah, you know? just like You'd be like Petting a cute but dangerous animal. Yeah. Bliss. Mm -hmm. You know? And like, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, that was great. Yeah. You know? You don't have to go through like a really uncomfortable ride home. Like you ever go on a road <laughs> trip and the part where you have to go home and you're like, this is taking forever mm -hmm. and I'm already, the high is gone mm -hmm. and I'm just miserable now. You're not going to get that if you pet that sweet baby biscuit and then the next thing you know, you're in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in heaven, you just get to keep petting it. No, it's great. A great way to save on gas is to get trampled by an angry rhino mother. 
Um, yes, absolutely. So, and with gas prices this high, I mean, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't look the rhino, <laughs> gift rhino in the mouth? So, you're losing money not petting the rhino, <laughs> is what I'm saying. So, they're the adult rhinos are quite fluffy, but the babies are extremely hairy and very, very silly looking. They don't really look real. Their horns haven't really grown in yet. And so they look just like this fuzzy Muppet with like a big nose and fluffy ears. They don't, they look like some kind of reconstruction of like bad taxidermy reconstruction of like an extinct woolly rhino baby, but they're real. Yeah, the the Henson energy off of the baby is unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you look at a photo of the baby, you're like, that's not a real animal. Right, right. You're like, this is a puppet, and it's going to be in the new Dark Crystal movie. Look at its face. It's it's so funny because it has like a it has like the face of a different animal. It looks like a, an animal wearing a mask. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because like the face has less hair on it, so it's like you stuck sort of a weird. I mean, it's not even really a rhino face because the, no. the the horns haven't really developed yet, but it looks like you stuck something on like a big sort of koala's body. And it's yeah, just... it looks like it looks like kind of like a wild boar wearing like a like a bootleg Joe Camel mask. <laughs> right. And it's got a little bit like a little bit of an underbite going on in this picture. I don't think it typically has an underbite, but this one's chewing on some grass. So this one's. Kind of got a little bit of the, hey, what you doing kind of look going on. So why do Sumatran rhinos have hair? One would think that it's for warmth, but the opposite is actually true. The rhino uses mud to keep cool and keep pests off its skin. Have you ever done like a mud mask, you know, for relaxation, beautification purposes? I'm neither relaxed nor beautiful. I've <laughs> never, I've never been able to to get involved in that. I mean, I may have, like, I've worn, I've worn mud masks. I guess, like, in, I've never done a mud bath or anything yeah. like that. I've never done like full on get in, get in a big pool of mud type of thing. But I've definitely tried the mud masks. And the thing is, like, mud masks, like when your face, you know, doesn't have a lot of hair, it's fine. But like, if you put it on, like, you know, say, like, I put it on a leg or an arm, and it, there's like some hair there. Even if it's just peach fuzz, and you try to get it off, it's like when it dries, it gets really stuck to the hairs, and it's not the best situation. I'm a bearded gent. Yeah. So I would have to say that maybe this is not the best uh, process for me to do. If I if I do put a mask on, it would have to it would basically look like a domino mask. I'd look right. like the ultimate warrior or something <laughs> like that. It is kind of fun. Like I I have a mud mask that's sort of like. As it dries, it kind of constricts your face. So I very much look like a desiccated corpse with it on. And I d- it is fun, uh, especially like wander in, uh, sneak up on my husband and just kind of like go like, am I pretty? <laughs> Why don't you love me? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so the... Um, the same principle of why when you have like a dried mud mask on like a hairy part of your body kind of hurts if it's not like if you don't get it completely wet to wash it off. It's the same reason that these rhinos have this hair. The mud sticks to their hide really well, sticks and gets right into that hair, sticks into that hair, and then it keeps them cool and it prevents 
pests and uh, parasites from getting onto their skin. That's nice. I know. These, I mean, these guys I mean, really are living the spa lifestyle. They love to wallow in pools of mud and just relax and feel beautiful. That makes me think that that's why I put, would put a mud mask on is to keep parasites off. Mm-hmm. It's a smart decision. I think we can all agree that that's yeah. the correct decision. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, <laughs> despite their like muddy, scrappy, kind of goofy appearance looking like weird prehistoric Muppets, they are agile swimmers, climbers, and runners. And they're surprisingly fleet footed. I mean, they're so compact, you know? Yeah. Just little, just little guys. Little turbo dudes. Just They're little fast tanks. Right. Exactly. I love them so much. <laughs> Get in my arms, little, little hairy I baby. I know. Gosh, I would you... love to cuddle this baby before getting absolutely pulverized by its mother. So they're not particularly social. They usually only hang out in mother-calf pairs or they may meet to mate. Uh, to mark their territory, they'll actually scrape up a little divot with their hind legs and then poop and pee in it. So, you know, it's just like, here's my calling card. Here's a little little mini hole with my poop in it. A um, toilet. Yeah, exactly. They make a little a little latrine. Yeah, exactly. And this that's like, this is my area. Here's my turlet. Uh, they also poop and pee excessively in response to threats. So, like, if a human approaches them, they're actually pretty skittish of humans because they are... While they are still big and capable, they're, you know, they're scared of humans. They don't want to deal with you. Um, And so they will uh, start pooping and peeing themselves. And it's thought that the excessive amounts of poop that, like, a mother will do is to distract the predator and allow her calf time to, like, hide. Because the predator is just like, what is going on, lady? Why are you pooping so much? It's real Three Stooges energy to how to distract an enemy. Is yeah. To just like kind of go curly and start whoop, whoop, whooping everywhere. <laughs> like, check it out. Um, poop. But, but with poop. Yeah. So, yeah, you may you may think this horn is something, but wait till you see the other end. Yeah. I do feel powerful like when I'm walking my dog, not because my dog is in any way capable of defending me. She's a tiny little chihuahua mutt. But when I pick up her poops, I now have a poop flail because I have it in a little baggie, right? And then if there's someone who's, like, scaring me, right, you know, you just kind of, like, fling your poop flail, and there you go. Just distract them. They're, it, by the time they realize, like, wait, what a minute, what is this? Is this poop? And then you're gone. You're gone in a way. Yeah, it's chimpanzee by proxy. You know, <laughs> like, you, you don't, you know, you're still that primate wanting to throw poop, right. but you someone have a controlled is, situation Yeah, to do exactly. That. Yeah. Intellectual yeah. poop throwing. Yeah. Yeah, it, you're outsourcing the pooping. Right, that's how we do it as more developed beings. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Right. Is the outsourcing is what <laughs> separates us from the apes. Last cute little fact about these guys is that they communicate with whistles and honks. So just what? Just imagine one of these little little muppets stuck on like a fozzy bear body, going like like honk. That's the cutest part. It's so cute. Because there's no grunting. When you think rhinoceros, you think grunt, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's like, if I say the word grunt, the picture of a rhinoceros enters my head. (laughs) And I think that's fair. I think most of you are now going to do that forever. This guy doing little whistles? Little whistles and honks. Like like a little dolphin? Yeah. Or honks like a little goose? (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I think that like it's I don't know exactly what they sound like. I think they're quite rare, so it's kind of difficult to get get those sounds. But I would imagine it's similar to other species of rhinos who also have surprisingly squeaky honks, especially the calves. Do do you have a favorite wild animal sound? I have so many favorite wild animal sounds that I have a whole game that you get to play at the end of the podcast where it's called Guess Who's Squawkin'? And I will present you with an animal sound and you'll have to guess who's making that sound. Um, I'll say one of my favorite sounds are baby rhinos. Uh, We've done that one and it is so cute. Oh, Oh, play that right now. Why not? Oh, okay. I'm not mad about that. a baby rhino i think these are i think these are white rhinos um that's very cute it's extremely cute i would uh i would humbly request that one of the animals you do not have for me is a fisher cat oh yeah the um that as a new england boy let me tell you there's a reason we thought they were witches in the woods yeah they sound like screaming like demons babies they sound they sound like someone's Demon doing babies. something awful to a baby yeah. in the woods uh, at at midnight, like there's there's no way past it. The, your first interaction with a Fisher cat sound is the most horrifying thing you'll ever hear. In fact, let's listen to it right now. No, no, thank you. <laughs> and sometimes they're even more like pitched, yeah, like more like like higher pitched, and that. Really sells the baby, the demon baby, or like satanic ritual going on. It, they're also a fearless animal. Oh, yeah. They'll like, take down things like, bigger than them. They are not afraid of people. Yeah. Like if you if you, you see a fisher cat, it just basically looks at you and is like, what are you looking at? Like, yeah. It's really. So fishers are, they aren't really cats. They're no, like, like a, in the it's a weasel. Yeah, the, in the yeah. mustelid family. But yeah, they they are they're not that huge, but they look sort of you know they've they've got somewhat cat like they look like a rack a long raccoon, but sort of a rusty yeah. color all over. And yeah, they are absolutely little demons. Yeah. It's the northeast's version of like a badger, right? Or like a little wolverine or something. Yeah, yeah. No, they're scary. Just a real, real, real demonic animal. It's funny because we live on a planet where a rhino is a lot less threatening, like a rhino species like this Sumatran rhino, I think is a lot less threatening than something called a fisher cat, which sounds like it should be cute and adorable. And a rhino sounds like it should be scary. But the Sumatran rhino is this cute, fuzzy little squeaker. And the fisher cat is like a demonic uh force of like scream makes a screaming yeah. baby sound and can kill things larger than itself did you ever see a trilogy of terror that old horror uh trilogy with the little um the little statue that runs around trying to kill the woman oh god it's like pretty no. famous little um tribal statue that she she imports and it ends up being like haunted or something and it attacks her that's what a fisher cat is oh, so God. those of you that are familiar with trilogy of terror you know exactly what i'm talking about 
the Fisher cat is the animal version of that little guy. <laughs> Not like these cute little baby rhinos I here. I know. I know. I'm going to put them in my pocket. I They will not fit, but unless you have cargo pants from the 90s. Yeah, I'm going to put them in my Jinkos. In your Jinko. They may smuggle fit in a Jinko. I think they may fit Smuggle them out in my Jinkos. <laughs> you got any rhinos in those Jinkos? Look, man, I'm just here to have a good time in my, or, or my kickwear. I'm man. just here listening to Incubus. Jink- I'm not causing any troubles. Jinko jeans really changed the illegal smuggling tr- game. Like, just yeah. made it... <laughs> So much easier. Right. It's the hoop skirt of dirt bags. Right, the exactly. <laughs> Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Jeff, you mentioned you wanted to talk about the capybara, but we're not gonna, because I have before. So I figured. Uh, so sad, too bad. But instead, we're going to talk about this thing, and I just want you to look at it. Oh, I sure am. How, well, how would you describe this little feller? Uh, he he looks capybara adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, he he looks like a. Jeez, how do I describe him? He looks like a a, a capybara and a rabbit made a baby, made a little precious made a babby. baby. Yeah, to me, it looks um, like a deer and a rabbit hybrid thing. Yeah, yeah, real, like he's got little legs that don't seem to fit the body. The legs mm-hmm. should be stubbier. No, the legs are um, way too long for its little portly body. Yeah, it looks like a little sausage on toothpicks. Yeah. Which I think is very, um, you know, a very sleek animal, a very, it, it also looks like if you squint, it looks like a dog. Yeah, <laughs> like looks, I would like de- it, it, I would definitely be hoodwinked into like getting like, hey, here's a dog. Uh, up for adoption, and yeah. I'd be like, "Yes, sold to me." Yeah, if if someone was like, "Yeah, this is a bovine terrier," mm-hmm. you'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, yeah, I see it. I see what that is." Yeah, it's a nub um, nubtail Arndale bovine terrier, and it's like, "Yeah, absolutely." It sure is. Let's Pop- put him. Let's put him in in Westminster and see how it Best does. Best of class. So there it is. What is it? Well, it's found in Argentina in arid grasslands, shrub, and desert areas. It is actually a large rodent. It weighs like the capybara. Like the capybara. It weighs around 35 pounds or 16 kilograms and are about one and a half feet or 45 centimeters tall at the shoulder. Uh, and yes. Does this mean that I can cradle it like a baby? You could cradle it like a baby, although you oh, might get yes. kicked in the face like a little bit. So worth it. <laughs> Jeff is willing to die 
to pet a cute wild animal. And I can't say I approve because, like, I think that would annoy the wild animals. However, you got to admire the commitment. I would say I'm not necessarily willing to die, but I can take a shot to the face right. once or twice. You could lose a nose. I was a boxer. I've taken a lot of punches right. to the face. So a little 35-pound precious little little rodent kitty right. uh, in my hands. Oh, I mean, yeah. And I obviously don't want to bother him, but I feel like I could win him over and really make him enjoy the time. <laughs> Maybe you like, could become friends. Yeah. So they are, there's a good reason that you are seeing a lot of capybara in these guys because they are in the cavy family. So they are related to both guinea pigs and capybaras. So yeah. these are like, these are like capybaras, but sort of the runway version where they've got the really long legs. They've got the stilettos. They're wa- working the runway, whereas capybaras are much more sausage-like. These are like sausage, yeah. but on sort of stilts. Yeah, they're, they're elevated. Right. It's like when you see those houses on the shore on the <laughs> East Coast. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this this one's built for hurricane season. That's yeah. why. So they don't uh, have hooves, but their feet are kind of small and hoof-like. And so their movement is kind of interesting. They can hop like a rabbit, they can gallop, or they can stot. So stotting or pronking, which I guess are real words, is hopping on all fours at once, which is typically something done by deer or antelope. That's good stuff. That's good, good stuff, stuff right there. Yeah, they have... um. They, their their feet kind of look like German Shepherd feet. Yeah, a little, a little dainty, dainty little feets. And then the the just the fact that they pronk, which again I guess is a real word, uh, where they're just like you, you've seen that like where deer or antelope do the oh, little yeah. thing where it's like do 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 you know just like the little jumping hat dance. Yeah. Um, I would like to say that that is uh the official movement of the goofy bastard. So yeah. That that does land. Boinga, 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 boinga. Yeah, yeah. Like there should be bouncy sounds yeah. edited into all nature documentaries about this animal. So I don't usually quote Wikipedia on the show, but I do love this line uh, from the Wikipedia on these guys. Quote, its tail is short, depressed, and hairless. Which, you know, who? which yeah. one among us aren't? Sometimes. As a member of the Los Angeles comedy scene, I am familiar <laughs> with many versions of that tale in person form. <laughs> but yeah, its tail is very strange. So you look at its butt and you think that like, what is that thing kind of sticking out? Like, is it a little poo-poo? Like, what is looks that? Looks like a poop. It looks like a little poop. Nope, that's his tail. Oh. It, yeah, it looks like he's he's got a turtle head going on about right. there. But in reality, that's his little tail. his little tail. Well, naked Which, tail. Like when you think about like what tails are used for, I'm like, that doesn't seem useful. Yeah, I think it's like kind of on its way out, right? It's like yeah, mid evolution, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, we don't really need this. I think it does probably, they probably, it helps them in terms of like scent marking. So they still have it, but they don't need much of it. You know, it doesn't need to be furry. And so it's just this little nub to rub their stench on things. Yeah, just a little dabble, do you? <laughs> Look at it. I mean, it is it is funny that that its tail is the tail version of it as an animal. Just like this little goofy, stubby-looking thing right. sticking out of a goofy, stubby-looking thing. Little sausage coming out of a sausage. Yeah. It's just sausage yeah. and sausage and sausage. 
So it's real putting a hat on a hat energy here <laughs> with this guy. Putting a sausage on a sausage. So they are herbivores and they basically live in hippie communes. They form these lifelong monogamous relationships with uh, the males being much more clingy than the females. They will follow the females around, marking them with pee. Like they'll pee on the females, be like, you're you're my wife. Uh, and then they'll leave more markings in her path, sort of creating this like zone around the female where he's just like constantly peeing and leaving scent markings. He's like heralding her, but instead of tossing romantic rose petals, uh, he's pooping around the female. I mean, they don't have like jobs, so they can't buy rose petals. <laughs> right. So I guess you got to work with what you have. Right. You know, I it's mean, very sweet that he uses all his pee for that, you know? Yeah, I guess in a way it is. Um, here's more romance for you. Males will pee on the female's butt and then the female will pee in the male's face. So, you know. Whatever floats their boat. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. Honestly, we don't shame here no. on uh, on Creature Features here. Like, this is one of those situations where you're like, you guys, this is what... You, all right, man. Yeah. Cool. You know what? I don't Consen have to do it, you know? Consent is key. So... <laughs> yeah. Which which seems to me like this is a very consensual situation. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they will often live with other couples in communal warrens. So... Yeah, this like big hippie dippy colony where uh, there is often this like they just have all the young kind of inside this giant burrow living together. Uh, typically, mothers will really only nurse their own offspring, but sometimes uh, someone else's kid is going to like sneak in a sip of milk. There's always a, that always happens. You know, you make sandwiches for your kid and then like the neighbor kid comes over and, be, and is all sticky and asking for a sandwich. And what are you going to do? Not feed the kid. Not yeah. feed the kid. Well, some of these some of the females will decide not to do that and actually shove the, <laughs> shove the baby away. That's not their own, which is really funny. But sometimes they don't. It kind of depends on yeah. their mood. Depends on how cool they are. <laughs> the cool, the cool yeah. mom, the cool giant rodent mom. Um, yeah, just walking around engaging in water sports and beating up other people's <laughs> kids. Right. And, you know, but it is kind of cool. They all live in this uh, communal warren, and it does help keep them safer. You know, there's safety in numbers. Um, and then, you know, last fun, cute fact about these uh, little guys is they will eat their own poop to redigest nutrients, just like other cavies. Why not? Yeah. You know what? Waste you know not, what? what not. This is not a... This is not an animal that is burdened by the shame of Christianity. No, <laughs> no, very this much guy, no. This guy knows what he's, this guy, he, they know what they're doing. No, they, I would, they, yeah, like, I would say shame um, or disgust are not things known to this, this fun little sausage on stilts. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little, a little bold, live your own life kind of a situation. Right, right. It's like, you know, they live, they live in a commune. They hang out, the males, you know, poop around the females, um, pee on each pee on other. Them. They pee on each other. They're just living their it's best just... lives freely. Yeah. That's really sweet. Away from judgment. If they're, if they're, because they're clearly, if, look, they, you got to be into it to take it to the face. Right. Like, uh, you know, like I understand like, oh, you got me on the butt. Oh, stop it. You know, <laughs> like I could understand that. But like, then when it's like, all right, turn around. He's like. This is what I signed up for. <laughs> and in that situation, you're like, okay, this is like ravenous consent. Yeah. 
I think and it's interesting. The, the peeing also works as a way of the female communicating to the male because like the a lot of the one peeing, very specific message. <laughs> well, the actually the message for like some of the pee, like when the female pees on a male's face is like, I am not reproductively receptive right now. So there's no point. Um, and so he's like, OK. And then, you know, that's that. It's like it's like, hey. You know what? You you try you you shot your shot, but no, it's just it's just pee. And he's like, "All right." I've dealt with similar things emotionally. Mm, mm-hmm. like Not what, physically, but you know, what would the be, energy is still there. What would be a like a spray of pee to the face emotionally? I mean, I think the good the the stereotypically sitcom answer to that would be, "Oh, I have a headache." Right, you right. Know, you're like, or like the okay. timing. Like, or in general sort of relationship stuff, it's just like, well, the timing's just not right, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you get that. Yeah. But with less less urine. Like, not... Less urine. But again, communication is key, whether it's with words or urine. Yeah. That's good. I mean, look, urine is the words of the body, so it's... we've all been there. Sure. I'm going to say... That... I'm going to say yes, fine. Consent... You're going to if... yes and this one straight through. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yes. Um, so I would say, though, unless you are a Patagonian Mara, I would potentially use your words rather than your pee-pee. Unless First, it's in snow. Absolutely. Unless it's like in snow and you're actually writing words in snow with, with pee. Then I think that's like, you know, it's like, hey, left for the grocery store. Uh soups in the oven then you kind of ran, run out of pee though you know what i mean yeah that's the one thing i miss about living in new england is is not having to pay for all those notebooks right hey you you just, yeah i mean it's a useful thing right like especially when you're on the trail you don't have a pen and paper and you're like bears ahead and you pee that yeah. right in there yeah which is going to attract the bears right so that's, and so they'll definitely be ahead <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a it, it, there's a real real cause and effect situation yeah. happening in one of those situations. Right, right. It's like look at this bear, and then you know it'll come because it'll come. To... I'm gonna I'm gonna cuddle that bear before I go though. <laughs> right. It'll. Uh... You ever see a bear's ears? <laughs> I'm gonna touch them. Yeah, it's like you see in the in the snow like a pee message that's like I'm gonna cuddle this bit, and then you don't know if it's because you ran out of pee or if the bear got you. Or. If you were too busy cuddling. Right. That's the third unlikely option. <laughs> I've, you know what? You don't know until you try. Um, that's true. And you know for then a very short amount of time, but at least you know. That's fair. I feel like you're really doubting my ability to pet the bear, but. No, no. Oh, no. We'll I'm not doubting your ability. last laugh, Katie. I'm not doubting your ability to pet the bear. I'm just saying that. That's probably you'll probably get a pet in and then that'll be about it for for the rest of your life. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, 
The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. So we're going to leave our beautiful hairy rhinos and our wonderful giant long-legged poopin' rodents. And we're going to go into the ocean and look at the world's most photogenic fish, the parrotfish. I just take a look, Jeff, and enjoy. Just really oh, soak it all him. in. Look at, look at this goofball. Look at him. Look at him, like, cheesing for the camera. There's real Ted Lasso energy to this <laughs> to this animal here. Oh, this guy's good. And I know he's a fish. I get it. I understand how fish brains work. Mm-hmm. But it really does look like he wants to be my friend. They look super happy. I've never seen a fish look more psyched to be a fish. They're like, I'm a fish. Heck yeah. I'm in yeah, water. This fish- yes. <laughs> this is the fish version of a, like a quokka, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Being like, hey, it definitely has know. that quokka look for sure. And the thing that helps it with this smile is it has teeth. It looks it like has people teeth. It has yeah. people teeth. It looks like a character, like a DreamWorks character or something, except yeah, like yeah. less uncanny. Like it actually yeah, looks more look- convincing to me as like a little because it's real. Because it's well, yes, but I mean it has because it's not an animated movie. But its human expression is more like it feels more human i guess or or less uh yeah. uncanny valley than like the the animated versions yeah his his pixar looking idiot face is uh it's what it's it's uh layered with primary colors which is real fun yeah which i'm guessing that's why they call it the parrotfish right yeah well this one so there are many species of parrotfish this one i think is the mediterranean parrotfish it's gorgeous it's red yellow and blue um, there are other species as well, uh, and all the species of parrotfish typically have these goofy smiles. So there are like blue ones, there's blue and orange, blue and yellow. They're all quite beautiful. Good stuff. And in addition, like they're called parrotfish because in addition to their beautiful tropical colors, they also have those teeth, which are like beaks. Oh, that's good stuff. And also because pirates would put them on their shoulders, but it was it didn't go as well. This thing flopping around. Put me back in the water. Yar, me me parrot seems to be having a problem. I have a family in the kelp. You should go visit this guy. They're in Mediterranean, right? Uh yeah, I could. I could go and say hi. Be like, hey, just like swim out there, get out get in somewhere in the mediterranean and find them yeah you like, where are the where are these where are these goofy little tools at and then you have him bring it like oh look at him he's so fun yeah he 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 looks very like he's got the i mean we talked earlier about the dreamworks thing you know the like dreamworks smirk how like all the characters yeah. always have that little like sideways smirk into the camera it's like i'm a bit of a stinker kind of look like that's what he's giving here <laughs> like i'm a little bit of a stinker um yeah. Yeah, this is voiced by Mel Blanc energy in this face, yeah. <laughs> so parrotfish are a family of around 90 fish species. Um, they're mainly found in the Indo-Pacific, uh, in coral reefs, coasts, and seagrass forests. 
their name obviously comes from the fact that they have a beak and they're these bright colors. Although it to me it looks less like a beak and more like this like big buck tooth smile. Yeah. They use these teeth to scrape algae and the living tissue, which is called polyps, off of coral. So coral are these really hard structures that contain these symbiotic algae and also the living tissue of the coral. Uh, And so the parrotfish wants to eat this stuff. And to do that, they have to grind up coral. And so that seems like that'd be pretty hard on your teeth. Like if we tried to basically eat a big bowl of coral, it would destroy our teeth. And so they have to have pretty special teeth for this. And their teeth are actually a bunch of tiny teeth. They have over a thousand teeth lined up in vertical stacks, which continually grow and get replaced. Oh, same. Yeah. So how is that? Yeah, how is that? Did you have like braces or like? Uh, I had a lot of the braces cost eighty five thousand. Invisalign, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually. You know, I, I, funny enough, I'm actually missing two teeth. I have less teeth than one would expect. I see. Well, you know, less teeth, the floss, right? That that is true, and just these big aping cavities. I call they're not. I don't call them church teeth. Mm. But like if you look slightly past my smile, you could see be like, oh, that guy's missing like two teeth in there. Well, you know, I mean, again, I think that it's more streamlined, fewer teeth to floss. Um, But if you're not wrong, (laughs) if I do get like huge chunks of stuff stuck in there, though, massive. Oh, boy. And then you're like, I should floss this out. (laughs) Do you have one of those like syringes of water that you can kind of like jet in there? Spray it out. Just get a water pick for yeah. this one huge gap. And yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, I mean, like oh, silly. I mean, I I had the uh, I had the like um, the sort of water syringe for when I got my wisdom teeth out because I got yeah. all four out at once. Um, and there was a lot of holes in my mouth, <laughs> and I've, I've, a, a shocking amount of food gets in there. Yeah, one would think. Yeah, I I have still have my wisdom teeth. I still have those, um, but I did uh, after years of of whatever sports that you do, your teeth sometimes just ah uh, yeah, and and so I was like, well, I guess just pull them out, and they're like, do you want an implant? It's only ten thousand dollars. I'm like, oh, you don't know what job I have. It's only <laughs> your firstborn son. Yeah. yeah. Um. Meanwhile, these guys are doing great. Yeah, they teeth. could really be boxers because like their teeth are constantly growing. So when one falls out, like. There's more to replace them. So they have like the beaver energy of yes. like having to like use them or, or or they just go through your face basically. I mean, I don't I, I don't know of any of them that where that happens, but it's because their only way of eating is using them. So like yeah. that is their only option uh, is to eat the coral and use them. Um, but yeah, no, I mean like at, they, they do grow. And so like. But instead of it being one solid tooth growing, it's like these like stacks of teeth growing upwards vertically. Um, That's way more terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you're afraid of a thousand teeth in one smiling mouth, but hey, you know. That's that's like, it's like venom from Spider-Man just having all those teeth. It's more smile per square inch in my opinion. So That is 
That is fair, but like it's funny because you look at it and yeah, the, he looks like he's wearing clown teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks like he's wearing like, and then you look closely and you see that it's just a thousand tiny daggers, and you're yeah. like, this is way different than what I was expecting. It's a lot of smile. So the teeth are harder than copper, and a square inch of parrotfish teeth can withstand over 500 tons of pressure. Microscopic viewings of the teeth show that each tooth has a dense chainmail-like pattern that gives it such resilience. So this is how they can chew through coral without really breaking a sweat. Um, They are responsible for creating a huge amount of sand. So uh, when they eat this coral, they they grind it up, uh, they eat, digest the polyps and algae, but they don't digest the, like, coral skeleton and so after that's ground up uh they don't they don't really eat it so sand is a byproduct so one parrotfish can chew its way through enough coral to create around a thousand or 450 kilograms of sand annually that's a it's not not a lot of sand that's a lot of sand because didn't they didn't they say there's like a sand uh we're going through like a sand deficit right now (laughs) Yeah, I think there's, it's like, there's some things where like sand uh, beaches are becoming less sandy. I don't think there's necessarily a sand deficit in the ocean, but definitely for beaches. No, like for like, let me rephrase it, for like American manufacturing and building. Mm, sand oh, is interesting. Like, it's becoming like the concept of sand is becoming uh, endangered, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I don't know too much about like, industrial sand running out but i guess that would stand to reason if you have less sand on beaches then you have less sand to collect as industry yeah because i mean i guess you know there's a lot of us on here and there's eight billion of us needing glass and and brick and all these different things and apparently sand is a huge ingredient that we never think about yeah and i guess while these guys are just making it Right. And I mean, it's interesting because like they are because they rely on coral reefs, like if we are destroying coral reefs through uh, climate change, industry pollution, then like, you know, it's kind of this vicious cycle of like we're taking sand out and then also taking out the animals that make the sand. So that's bad. I mean, honestly, we could probably do the planet better i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that yeah a bit of a controversial take but i i i I too agree that maybe we should be like a little little less bad when it comes to like you know the earth like maybe kill i don't know a couple fewer species per year yeah i do like the laziest versions of that where i'm just like i mostly don't eat meat or like I drive a Prius Prime that can plug in every once in a while. <laughs> like I mean, they're all like very very small, tiny little baby steps. That in the long term, I'm like I'm probably not doing anything, but whatever. Well, I mean, I think that if everyone ate less meat, that would have a huge impact, right? If we all reduced our meat consumption, that would have a gigantic impact. Obviously, most of uh, uh, like a disproportionate amount of the uh, contributors to climate change aren't individual people, but industry. Um, but still, I mean, I still think like if you like if you can, even if you don't become vegetarian, like I'm not a vegetarian, but if you just like eat a little bit less meat, uh, you know, like maybe eat more vegetarian meals, cut down your meat consumption, 
you know, that that really helps uh, when when you do it on a massive scale. So, you know, I, I think that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those things I, I, I would say, is this an edible fish, the parrot fish? You know, I don't people know. People eat them. They're is, so... is that something where they, they go for really... them and. Can you really like eat something that smiles at you? I guess the goldfish snack cracker proved that yes, you can. Yeah, I would also say that yes, but humans will eat everything. Like Yeah. Like that's one of those things where they're like, wow, this thing has a really cute smile. I bet it's gonna be delicious. Yeah. I Think mean Think about I... how many foods we eat that are based off of that we have cartoons based off of, you know? Yeah. I, apparently, yes, people do eat parrot fish, which, you know, I guess uh I guess Anything that is beautiful in nature, I guess, also tastes good. I guess you don't want sand, everyone. I guess you don't want sand. But yeah, so the sand that they create by eating the coral is not, it's not just like crumbs that they like spit out. They poop it out. It goes all the way through the parrotfish. So oh, look at that. a lot of these beaches where it has this beautiful white sand, uh, this is a uh, poop, parrotfish poop uh, in part. So think about that next time you eat a nice heaping glass of sand. <laughs> that's poop you're eating. So maybe right. you should stop doing that. That's poop you're vacationing on. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just makes me want to stand on it more, I guess. Uh, so Yeah, because you feel closer to the smiling fish. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm enjoying your warm, dried poops. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my little baby rhino <laughs> and my little weird rat. And we are going to just vacation on the parrot poop, the parrot <laughs> fish poop, excuse me. All smuggled in your Jinko jeans. So All smuggled in my Jinko jeans that probably are, are covered in, in weird rodent piss. And, I mean, you uh, deserve it at that point. dried mud. If you're yeah. trying to like smuggle a Patagonian Mara in your Jinko jeans, it's going to be covered in poop and pee. And, you know, that's, that's sort of uh, it's karmic retribution. We like to call that a small price to pay, Katie. <laughs> I'll, I will sacrifice my Jinko jeans for the good of this one moment. Right. Where I for, immediately let them out and the rhinoceros gores me right to death. For, for forcing friendship on a wild animal that has no idea what is going on. So, um, yeah, the, even though the parrotfish do chew on coral, they are actually good for coral reefs. So think of them as coral gardeners. By trimming some of the excess algae from the coral, the coral polyps are actually able to grow back stronger. So they're like pruning the coral, essentially. Uh, and nice. yeah, they, these amazing, beautiful, smiling fish, they're like maintaining our coral reefs, making us nice sand. They're wonderful, wonderful little guys. And they get to look like a sweet little idiot while they do it. They really do. And that's... That's really the best part. They look like such a good dudes. You know, this, you see him and you're like, hey, fish. And he's like, hey, man, how you doing? <laughs> like there, there's exactly a real goofy energy to this fish. That is how they sound. I love that. Like, I mean, it's really not a fluke. Like you look at so many pictures of Different parrotfish. Fish, they're yeah. all they're all smiling. There's like they can also do a closed mouth smile, which is really funny because of the shape of their beak. It kind of forces their lips upwards. So they kind of they look like they're doing this like doofy little closed mouth. Like, you know, I'm a little shy, but I'm still smiling. Yeah, a very coquettish smile from mm -hmm, this uh, mm -hmm. fr from this very, very sweet fish. Like, oh, stop, stop f photographing me. But they love it. They love it. Go on with that. <laughs> you had people that. Painting it on the side of their World War II fighter planes. <laughs> Painting this one little. 
It's one little sweet looking fish. Looking a little cockheadish fish. Yeah. Winking. Yeah. Wink, wink. Oh, they're so cute. I'd love it if they flirted with me, but I think they're only interested in coral. They're <sighs> only interested in my coral jewelry that I've been wearing <laughs> Stealing and from the ocean, by accident yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before we go, like I mentioned earlier, we got to play a little game, and that game is called Guess Who's Squawking? It's the Mystery Animal Sound Game. Every week I play a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and hey, you, the guest, Try to guess who is squawking. Last week's hint was this. As a fellow introverted redhead, I sympathize with sometimes wanting personal space. (laughs) All right, Jeff, can you guess who is squawking? Is that an orangutan? You are correct. Uh, congratulations also to Auntie B, Craig K, and Grant W, who are the fastest to guess correctly, the orangutan. So, yes, this is the call of a male orangutan. Um, bonus points. What do you think he is trying to say? Uh, well, uh, I think he's probably saying, back off, this is my territory. Yes, that is absolutely correct. So... Mm. Orangutans are found in the rainforests of Borneo and Sumatra. Despite their large size, they spend most of their time in trees, in nests that they actually build themselves. The construction of their nests is intricate and requires advanced intelligence as well as learning from their parents. There's evidence that different groups of orangutans build nests using different techniques, indicating that they actually have these different learned cultures. Uh, orangutans are relatively solitary, but also flexible in socializing. They'll establish their own home range, but they can typically visit other ranges without too much trouble, and they may interact with other orangutans. But if they feel that their range is being threatened or someone is invading their personal space, they'll issue what is called a kiss squeak, which they suck air through their lips um, and make this kind of like... Sound, uh, and then they will do this like rolling call, which is the latter part of what you hear the whoop, 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 to uh, tell you to back off. And that's exactly yeah. what this orangutan is doing. And if you're a person, he will tear your arms off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are, they will defend themselves. I wouldn't say they're that aggressive, but they are definitely capable. They're extremely strong and very so capable. Strong, yeah, yes. Very capable. I have a friend who um, worked with uh, orangutans at a a nature preserve, um, and like they were they were friendly with the rescuers. But once one of them kind of grabbed her arm because he wanted to like basically get her to go in a direction he wanted to go, and it was like she could tell he was going to like break her arm on accident, and so she had to like kind of yell yelp you know, in pain. And like when the orangutan saw that he was like hurting her, he looked like shocked and really sorry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it can I just can that. easily break your arm without even realizing it. So you do not want to piss them off uh, and have them try to break your arm because yeah. that would, you know, it'd be I like... a friend who is an orangutan. Really? I have friends with the the Dr. Z, Dr. Zayas. Uh, <laughs> a good friend of mine. Uh, I mean, the the joke is we don't break kayfabe, but if you ever watch Hanging with Dr. Z, 
It's yeah. a great show. It's really fun. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. little orangutan. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Right. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Oh, 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 Dr. Zayas. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen Hanging with Dr. Z, I think you'd really like it, by the way. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, it it's, sounds, a little, it's a fun little thing. Sounds like my jam. So, on to this week's mystery animal sound. The hint is that this is not quite a gobbler. So, Jeff, can you guess who was making that sound? Um... First off, the fact that it's like, mm, 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 I know, right? <laughs> perfect for me. Um, I'm actually going to, I, I, I feel like my, the hint is influencing my, my choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, my, my guess off of the hint would be a turkey vulture. Interesting guess. Well, you will find out next week on the next episode of Creature Feature. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Thank you for having me. Um, I'm across several social medias as well as as long as they still exist upon publication. <laughs> Gotta diversify um, your investments. R- boy, don't do we. Um, I'm at Hey There Jeffro, H-E-Y-T-H-E-R-E-J-E-F-F-R-O. And um, as Katie mentioned earlier, I am a, a podcaster by sort of uh, by definition. So you can hear me on Jeff Has Cool Friends. Um, which is available for free everywhere, but early at patreon.com slash Jeff May, where you can hear that and monthly shows like Us Fine with Kim Crawl, as well as Nerd with Dre Alvarez. You also might know me from Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network uh, with Tom Ryman. Uh, you may know me from Unpopular Opinion and You Don't Even Like Sports, which is a sports podcast for people that hate sports. Uh, and those are both with Adam Todd Brown. I don't know if you can notice the theme of my co-hosts here, Katie, um, but it's people you worked with. That's uh, interesting, huh? What a, yeah, it's what a coincidence. weird how that happens, weird right? Weird how that works. Uh, you're also you, you can also see you on Netflix, um, not yes. winning any money. You can see me on on the game show uh, bullshit on Netflix. Uh, where uh, I had quite an interesting filming and and did quite well, and then they edited out the victory, but I still get some fun moments on that, so I'm in episodes two and three, uh, but it was a lot of fun. And I also throw a live comedy show the second Friday of every month at a place called Blast from the Past on Magnolia and Burbank. The name of the show is called Mint on Card. If you're a toy nerd, you understand that. It's a lot of fun, very free, second Friday of every month, so on down great and to my italian friends uh that's in los angeles so it's not far away at all um no no you can make it yeah it's barely a hemisphere away right exactly if uh if what's his name da vinci can do it i forgot who the guy galilei no who's the one uh oh yeah the murdery one christopher columbus if he can do it anyone can because he sucked he was he sure did <laughs> i think i think it's i think somebody on the internet should mention that sometime i think the I'm internet the, should address that christopher columbus wasn't one. a good guy i'm the first one actually uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm certainly i'm certainly not like yeah man we know at this point in time. right no 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 i'm i'm the first to point it out uh thank you guys so much for listening uh if you think you know the answer to the mystery animal sound game you can write at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com um, you know, I don't even know what is going to happen to social media, but you know, I'm Creature Feature Pod on Instagram. I'm Creature Feet Pod on quote unquote Twitter. Um, that's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. 
Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show and you read a rating and you leave a rating or a review, I immensely appreciate it. I read them all. Really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exalumina Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I don't judge you. I, I literally, you can listen wherever you want, and I won't be mad. I promise. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.